The epistle for this second Sunday after the Epiphany is taken from St. Paul's letter to the Romans. Brethren, we have different gifts according to the grace that is given to us, either prophecy to be used according to the rule of faith or ministry in ministering, or he that teaches in doctrine, he that exhorts in exhorting, he that gives with simplicity, he that rules with carefulness, he that shows mercy with cheerfulness. Let love be without dissimulation, hating that which is evil, cleaving to that which is good, loving one another with the charity of brotherhood, with honor going before one another, in carefulness not slothful, in spirit fervent, serving the Lord, rejoicing in hope, patient in tribulation, instant in prayer, communicating to the necessities of the saints, pursuing hospitality. Bless them that persecute you. Bless and do not curse. Rejoice with them that rejoice. Weep with them that weep. Being of one mind, one towards another, not minding high things, but consenting to the humble. Do not be wise in your own conceits. Please stand for the gospel. The gospel is taken from the second chapter of the gospel of St. John. At that time, there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee, and the mother of Jesus was there. And Jesus also was invited and his disciples to the marriage. And the wine failing, the mother of Jesus said to him, They have no wine. And Jesus says to her, Woman, what is it to me and to thee? My hour is not yet come. His mother says to the waiters, Whatsoever he shall say to you, do you. Now there were set there six water pots of stone, according to the manner of the purifying of the Jews, containing two or three measures apiece. Jesus says to them, Fill the water pots with water. And they filled them to the brim. And Jesus says to them, Draw out now and carry to the chief steward of the feast. And they carried it. And when the chief steward had tasted the water made wine, and he did not know whence it was, but the waiters knew who had drawn the water, the chief steward called the bridegroom and says to him, Every man at first sets forth good wine, and when men have well drunk, then that which is worse, but thou hast kept the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee, and he manifested his glory, and his disciples believed in him. Please be seated. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen. When we pray, Our Father, who art in heaven, says St. Peter Chrysologus, we do not wish to say that God is not on earth, but that we, as his children, belong with him in heaven. We are made for heaven. Heaven is our true home. We are only pilgrims on this earth. During the time that we're here, the water of our natural life is supposed to turn into the wine of a supernatural life. But we find it so difficult to be in one place and to live for another place, to be on earth and to live for heaven. All of our immediate experience is rooted in this earth, and what we tend to do is we want to set up permanent residency here. Say, I kind of like this place. Let's find a way to always be here. That's why we're always looking for the perfectly placid, trouble-free existence on this earth. And 
in some way put away all of our troubles, have no troubles in this life. Then, of course, as always happens, in spite of our efforts, some new difficulty arises, some new trial disturbs our peace, and we suddenly recall that, no, in fact, we have no lasting resting place here below on this earth. And this is particularly true, we're particularly reminded of this, in our current political and cultural situation where what is called cancel culture has taken on a new and terrifying strength. People are realizing now more than ever that the technological channels of communication that exist today are controlled by just a few companies and that these companies are willing to silence those who do not agree with their own views and that our soon-to-be political leaders are in line with this manner of behaving. They approve this way of acting. And this makes many feel as if the mere expression of their opinion or differing with the technological ruling class will result in them being silenced, driven out of business, such that in their state of cancellation, no one will buy from them, no one will take their credit card payments, no one will hire them, and no one will let them fly on an airplane. And the end result is, is that many no longer feel at home in their own country. It's like they feel like they're foreigners in their own country. They feel like those who rule may arbitrarily discriminate against them, and as soon as they decide that they do not like them, they will crush them and make their life unlivable. And this makes some people think about moving. Maybe, maybe they can find some sort of state that will be hospitable to them. Uh, they'll be more tolerant of, of their perspective. When they think about moving to, uh, Florida or South Dakota or Texas, you know, uh, in the hopes that, that perhaps the political situation there will be more stable. Others in very typical American fashion, go to purchase the ultimate safety, guns, ammunition, in order to defend themselves in case some apocalyptic situation arises. Um, this is especially the thought of, of men whose, whose natural instinct is to protect their families and defend their loved ones. Both of these solutions, these fight and flight solutions, are, are looking for some way to to obtain that lasting security on this earth. They are, they are natural reactions to this kind of situation. They're very understandable. But they're not supernatural. And we as Catholics, we have to have a better, a higher reaction to the situation in which we find ourselves. We have to understand that regardless of what happens in this world, whether we have a peaceful life, or whether we have a life full of trials, this earth is not our final home or our final resting place. We are not made for this earth. It's not our true home. We are made for heaven. And what we do in this life must be to get ourselves to our true home. We must have that objective in view. And if the disturbing situation that we find ourselves today in the United States of America helps us remember that, then that is a very good thing. 
let us try to use this situation to be a reminder of that fact that we know from our Catholic faith. And what I would especially like to point out today in this season of Christmas is how much the incarnation of our Lord is of assistance to us to seek heaven while we are here on this earth. When our Lord came down on this earth, he knew how challenging we find our supernatural vocation to be. He knew that it's so difficult for us to live on earth and to live for heaven, that we need some sort of bridge between heaven and earth so that it's, it would be easy for us to pursue heaven while we are still here on earth. And it's just such an amazing testimony to his divine goodness and should be a never-ceasing source of wonder to us to see the way in which our Lord brought heaven down to earth so that we could seek heaven while we are here on earth. He made himself a living bridge between heaven and earth. He himself, our Lord Jesus Christ, contains both heaven and earth in his very person because of the fact that he is both divine and human. The incarnation is a certain marriage between God and humanity, a certain giving of God to the human race, the infusion of that supernatural world into our natural world. And as a result, after our Lord's incarnation, all you have to do to get to heaven is to come into contact with the human nature of our Lord. And this is exactly what our Lord is so focused on making possible for us after his incarnation. He comes up with all of these ways to make himself, his very person, accessible to us so that we are able to touch heaven while we live here on earth, that we're able to live for heaven during this life. Our Lord is so anxious to communicate himself to us. He so wants to come into our natural lives and lead us to a supernatural goal that he makes use of the most ordinary things possible in order to communicate to us his special effect, which is the life of grace. He plants grace in so many of the ordinary things of our lives, knowing that we use these things all of the time. This is what Carol Hauslander points out when she says, Christ always chose the purest and simplest material things as the means of giving his grace, which means giving himself. Think of the things he used to make our life sacramental. Water, oil, salt, wheat, wine, and words. He takes these things and he heavenizes them. He sacramentalizes them. Or to use the word that we more normally use, he sanctifies them. He sanctifies these very ordinary things. Somehow Christ is everywhere in the life of a Catholic pursuing heaven. He's in that epiphany water that is in the vestibule. He's in that oil of confirmation or extreme unction that is applied to our foreheads or to our hands. He's in the words of our prayers. And it's his, as they say, it's his incarnation that makes this possible. It's this bridging of heaven and earth and his very person 
that makes it possible. Because he is man, he is one of us. He is earthly. Because he is God, he can make the effects of his love felt everywhere. He can act everywhere as God acts everywhere. He's not limited in the ways that a normal human being would be, such that he can only act in one place at one time. As God, he's able to act everywhere, and he especially wants to act in the things that we use all the time, so that the supernatural can be part of our ordinary, everyday life. And the church cooperates with the desire, this desire of our Lord. She offers to her children so many different blessings to bring the supernatural into these ordinary things. There's blessings of eggs. There's blessings of bread, of candles, of fruits of the earth, of any food. You know how we, we bless our cars. We bless our rosaries. We bless so many of the items that we use in order to connect them to heaven in their use. We can feel the smile of Christ in these blessings, says Miss Houselander, warming them through and through like the sun shining in an orchard and saturating the thin leaves with gold. Each one is a reminder of him and of something lyrical or happy in the incarnation. Each one of them turns the water of our life into wine helps bring heaven down to our level and so assists us to climb up to heaven during this life. But you know that our Lord extends his incarnation throughout time, especially through the work of the priest. Priests offer themselves to our Lord as um, a sort of additional humanity that he can use as an instrument. This is why... Everything in the Mass is so scripted. You know that everything that the priest does in the Mass before he starts the Mass is already predetermined. Everything that he says, every gesture that he makes, every movement of his body is already set before he starts Mass. There's no room for the priest to innovate, at least in the traditional Mass, not in the new Mass, but in the traditional Mass. There's no room whatsoever for innovation. And the reason for this is the Mass is not supposed to be the prayer of the priest. It's supposed to be the prayer of Christ. And for that to happen, the priest has to step out of the way so that Christ can be there. He's supposed to be another Christ. He's supposed to disappear as an individual person. And so when you go to Mass of any priest, it's supposed to look the same because it is the prayer of Christ himself. And this is so necessary for the priest to be a true instrument of Christ. He must follow the dispositions of Christ completely, not his own interests or his own designs. And we know also that as as much as Christ is meant to live in the priest, he lives even more in the Blessed Sacrament, under the appearances of bread and wine, that he's present there, body, blood, soul, and divinity, in the Most Holy Eucharist, so that he, by his divine power, and due to the fact that he's not present there in his proper quantity, he can multiply himself all throughout the world. He can be in so many different places all at the same time so that he can be the way to heaven. He can be the truth of heaven. He can be the life of heaven to those who are pursuing heaven on this earth. How many times 
in the life of a priest, when, when we're going through our, our various experiences in the priesthood, we might want to um, somehow multiply ourselves. We might come in contact with a soul or, or a certain place and know that that's the only contact that we can have with that soul and want to have that ability to multiply our human nature, perhaps, to, to assist that soul. Might meet, priests might meet someone in the airport and hear their confession, and then they part ways. And he would like, oh, I, I would so wish to, to make a copy of my humanity and send that copy with this person, to be with that person and give them the guidance that they will need for the rest of their life. Or priest travels to, to a place, uh, does a mission run, uh, to a place where it's so obvious that the people need more, much more priestly contact than they're getting. And he has to go back. He has to go back to his normal apostolate. And he might wish to, to leave there a copy of his own humanity. I remember this is very much the, the, what I, the impression I had when I visited China for a, a few times. You see this place, so many millions of people without the intentions of a priest. You wish to, to leave yourself there, at least a copy or multiple copies of yourself, to just live there for the rest of your life so that these people can be ministered to. Of course, it's absolutely impossible for the priest to do these things. The priest has no such power. He's not God. But our Lord can do these things, and he does do these things. He does have that power to influence every single life in this world through his divine power that's united to his humanity. He can be in the lives of everyone and assist them towards their heavenly goal. And this is no more true than in that loving invention of the Sacred Heart, the Holy Eucharist, where he hides his humanity and makes it so tiny so that he can do for you what no one else can do. He can come inside of you so that he can transform your soul, making your soul holier, making it more virtuous, making it more peaceful, making it more patient, making it more spiritual. He can be inside of you while you're on this earth to get you to heaven and when, our, when we see all that our Lord does through his incarnation to assist us, there's no more room for us to complain that it's difficult to pursue heaven while we are here on earth. He has done all the work for us by his incarnation and the ways in which he makes his incarnation fruitful in our souls. He makes it so easy for us to live for our heavenly goal. He, makes, he provides us all of these means that are so accessible, so ordinary. If we only make use of them, we have to use these things. We have to heavenize. We have to sacramentalize our lives through these things that he makes possible for us. We must seek that frequent contact with him, and especially that contact through the Blessed Sacrament. Father Sheban in one of his works, he, he remarks, the extravagant wantonness of ancient times discovered the art of dissolving a precious pearl in a drink at a banquet, and thus a whole fortune was consumed at one swallow. 
But if the expense of such a banquet is even equal to the value of all the goods of the world, what would it be in comparison with the meal that God has prepared for his children? For here, God gives us all that he is and has in fullest measure. We know how many people, the wealthy, spend so much money for an expensive drink or some expensive food at the fanciest of restaurants, thousands upon thousands of dollars. But here, we consume God himself. They get a little bit of life for their bodies. We get eternal life for our souls. And yet, how few people are interested in eating this food and receiving this most blessed heavenly food, the bread of angels. My dear faithful, you must try to be like that chief steward at the wedding feast of today's gospel who was able to recognize the wine as the best wine he had ever tasted, who was able to have that sense of something heavenly. You have to try to sit next to Our Lady at the wedding feast during your life so that you can, she can direct you to be near her son and under his influence all throughout your life. This is the way in which you will live for heaven while you are here on earth. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.